0: Oh I cannot wait to see you. Serena Kerrigan wasn't always the queen of confidence. In fact, it was a night where she felt dejected that inspired her to launch her brand, Serena effing Kerrigan. We talk about the journey to confidence, parlaying her college-made brand into an actual business, including her card game, Let's effing Date, and how her mother's immigrant experience informs Serena's own appetite for risk. Now, that was the part of the conversation I was prepared for. What I did not anticipate is that Serena is at a crossroads. She's 29 years old, she's unpartnered, she's freezing her eggs and wondering what it means for a person who preaches self-love and self-sufficiency to still want more. Serena, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Serena, you always say that confidence is a personal journey. What did your personal journey to confidence look like? Were you born the queen of confidence?
1: I think that we're all born the queen or king of confidence. As we get older, our view of ourselves gets infected by a comment made by a relationship with a parent or a family member or a friend, by not seeing ourselves presented in media, by societal expectations or limiting beliefs of who we are. And then we begin to question our worth and spend the next years of our lives either undoing the trauma or not. So we all are born with confidence. It's about going back to that younger 12-year-old version of yourself And giving love to that
0: person. What did that infection, as you say, look like for you? Where was it that you were hearing things that made you feel less than?
1: There was just family dynamics. And I think that everyone has those. I'm an only child. There's a lot of attention and pressure on me. And I think I took a lot of things really personally growing up. I think that when I got older, you know, I didn't have the same body type as my friends. I was curvier and I went through puberty before everyone else. And I then started to feel like my self-worth was completely defined by attention from men. I use sex as a way to feel validation about myself, especially in high school and in college. And I remember when I got to college, I was a new freshman and it was a very intimidating place to be in when you're entering a new school, a new environment. And I remember one night I went out with all my like dorm friends and they all like made out with someone or slept with someone or went home with someone or they all had all this attention from other guys. And I didn't. And I went home feeling super defeated. And I realized that if I was gonna have a good time in college, then I was gonna have to change something about myself because I couldn't let the potential of a thought impact my entire mood. Maybe someone wanted to make out with me, but constantly looking for the validation in others was going to be a very unhappy mode of life. And I chose to fight that by creating a persona and by creating this alter ego that I kept tapping into every time I would have these moments of self-doubt. And I called her Serena fucking Kerrigan.
0: Would you describe her to me? Who was she? I mean, is. She still
1: very much exists. But I think that I became the persona. Like, there was no separation between Serena and SFK.
0: It wasn't like Beyonce, where she was Beyonce offstage, and then on stage she was Sasha Fierce.
1: It was more like Lady Gaga, who, like, when she won her, the Oscar, she was billed as Lady Gaga. So she is Lady Gaga. That's how we all know her as. So there wasn't as much as a separation like Beyonce and Sasha Fierce. Now, I think there is. But I fully committed to the bit. Like I like told everyone I changed my middle name legally. That was 10 years ago. Like I didn't, wasn't really aware of why I was creating this character, what it was doing for me and how there was really a separation between me and the character. Now the character has let me be more vulnerable. Now the real test of confidence is how can you meet someone and not turn it on? Like how can you meet someone and just be comfortable being the soft version of yourself? And that is kind of now my next journey in confidence.
0: I've heard you say that as you made the decision to pivot from a brand to a company, that that just felt out of reach for you. And I think for those of us who are meeting you at this point in your journey, that is surprising. Why did actually building this out seem like something that you wouldn't naturally be able to do?
1: Because I didn't go to school for it. Because when you think of a company, you think of an office building with 500 employees and an HR department and a fine head of finance. And like, I hate math and I, you know, barely know how to do my taxes. I also didn't have that many people in my close network who did it, except for my one friend, and her name's Madison Yundal. And she and I worked at Refinery 29 together for three and a half years. I worked there and she had quit before me to start her company. And then I remember feeling really just, I'm very ambitious. So I could see my future. And I felt like working at a company was holding me back. Like I was just like, I don't want to answer to anyone. Like I want to make, if I want to do something, I want to just go do it. I don't want to wait for approval. So I spoke to her and my advice for anyone who wants to do something is like talk. It's all about communication. Like Literally, I just spoke, I went out to wine with her and I have a photo to this day that I send her every year because it was the conversation that gave me the confidence to leave and quit and do it. So you need someone to be like, no, no, I just did this and I'm going to show you the way. And she did.
0: When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swathers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swathers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club.
2: Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At six thirty PM, we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled.
0: accountant. There is the LLC. There is making sure that any IP is squared away. But then there's like the thing that you're doing. So can you walk me through how you put together the thing so that there was some there there?
1: That's another thing. I didn't go and like, I'm going to start a business. It was more like, I want to create. I saw that SFK was so... Monumental for me and my confidence. And I was like, I can monetize this. Like I really, I thought I was following Mrs. Dow Jones at the time, who her entire brand is about financial literacy. And I felt like it was really niche. And she just made a whole business out of it. And I was like, I can do this, but for confidence. But I didn't know what that exactly meant. So then the pandemic happens two weeks later after I quit my job. Perfect. For me, in terms of having to be really focused and sit in an apartment completely by myself for months testing different ideas. Tell me, what did you test? So I was doing a lot of confidence coaching like on Zoom. I coached 150 women in 2020, ranging ages from 14 to 60. I had like four Zooms a day. I mean, that was really, and then I was doing branded content at the time, but that was really like my main thing. Then I felt like it was too insular. I wanted to give the wisdom to people And I felt like if I could put it on TikTok and grow an audience that way, then I could find other ways to monetize. And also every woman who showed up to the Zoom thought that their problem was completely unique to them when I only heard the same thing over and over and over again. So I was like, okay, we all have this problem. Instead of me individually talking to everyone about it, let me just make it more general and share it with the world. So I started going live every single day and talking to my followers because I literally was alone. I was single. And I really tapped into this idea of what are single people supposed to do during this time? And then that really forayed into a dating show that I did for three seasons on Instagram Live that I was able to completely monetize for six figures through sponsorships, Bumble sponsored an entire month of episodes of me literally going on blind dates with men on live. And then from that, I started a card game business because I wanted to create something that were icebreakers. And I really just, every time I would go on a date with one of these suitors and I wrote down questions and questions, and then I turned it into three card games. So as you see, I didn't go in being like, I'm going to start a company. This is my product. I need this logo and this. I just started with, this is what I like to do. People responded to it. I did it again. But I think that the idea of like having the perfect idea and then being able to make money off of it immediately is is just not realistic. And it also puts too much pressure on yourself.
0: When I ask you about sort of the origins of your confidence journey, you take me back to a time in your late teens, early 20s, where you were going out into the world and a bad night was a night where you weren't being validated or getting attention from then. And that that becomes the genesis of your brand. And a lot of the brand is around dating, which I think for a lot of people is proximate to sex. And so I just wonder if there's a tension between trying to reject this notion of needing external validation for confidence, but then also anchoring the brand in the experience of dating.
1: Absolutely. All the time. It's really funny you mention this because it's like, I feel sometimes like I have to uphold this idea that you complete yourself and you don't need anyone and you're an independent single woman. So much to the point where I can't even be honest with my followers anymore. I feel like, to be honest with you, I feel like the biggest fraud right now and the most disconnected right now than I've ever felt because I feel very torn about how much to share I think that the internet has gotten particularly ruthless in the past year, year and a half. Like I just noticed a shift. Hostility is a way to get likes. And I think that like, that's not normal. Like half the things that I read, like I'm like, you would never say that to someone. But we all live for the TikTok comment section, right? Like if there's a video without the comments with it turned off, like it ruins the experience of the video. But as a result, like there's so much more hostility on the internet. I feel very torn because I do want a partner. I just froze my eggs. I'm 29. A lot of my friends are married, engaged, pregnant. And I wrestle between, it's all going to work out. You just need yourself. Focus on your work. Focus on your life and what makes you happy. And like, I want a companion. I want a partner. And I'm not to say that like those can't live in the same plane, but it's difficult when you built an entire brand around like, just do you. I struggle with what is my place now on the internet? Like, I don't feel this hunger that I used to. I don't know. I just don't feel that hunger for creating endless content every single day. Same message, same niche, same, but I'm kind of growing out of it.
0: Which makes you the most interesting Serena Effing Kerrigan that I have yet to meet. The decision to use Effing in the branding Mm-hmm. super cool attention getting. It captured the essence of what you were trying to do. It also made it a little complicated. Continues to. As you were working with partners. Yeah.
1: Always. I mean, like every, every step, like you're not going to get into a sorority. No guy's going to want to date you. Don't put it on your resume. I did. I just, no brand is going to work with you like again and again and again. And I just go, the people that get it will. And the people that don't, Didn't take the time and we don't, I don't need them in my life. I've worked with Plan B, which is pharma. I've worked with Nike. I've worked with the most major companies in the world. So if they can get behind it, then like it's just, it's not my problem. Whether it's my managers or my parents, or there's always been the conversation of, should you just take it out? Like, wouldn't it be easier? And I go, no, because it's the brand, it's the integrity behind it. And I would rather stand for something than like be monotonous like everyone else. But it's ironic because I see other creators grow, 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 grow. And I like think, but I'm really making an impact. I'm really like, I got a DM this morning. Like you changed my life. Like I'm really trying. I do, I have card games, I have live shows. I I take marketing so seriously. Like I really do believe like I'm a trailblazer. Why isn't everyone else see that? Like, where is the following that I think should match the level of work that I put into my work?
2: Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At 6.30 p.m., we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events.
0: You referenced your parents, and so I want to ask specifically about your mom. I think there is additional Element of complexity when you layer in your Latinidad and the expectations that we have around what it is women are supposed to be like and look like and how it is that we are supposed to behave.
1: I have to say, I didn't have that experience. I feel like my Latinidad did the opposite in a way. I felt like there was more of a flow. I always felt that my mom literally immigrated here. She was a doctor in Argentina and she gave up being a doctor to pursue a career in television. She already had She did it. She did the work. She was ready. She did her residency. And then she literally left the next year and went back to school. She went to NYU film school. So I have the opposite relationship in that sense of like, it's more of the immigrant of like, always go after what you want and always chase for the better life. When I wanted to quit, she was the one that was like, do it. And my dad too. I mean, they both said that time is the value that you never get back. And you spend the majority of your life working. So do what you love and become the best at it and do the work. But that needs to be the goal and the priority. And so that's the environment
0: I grew up in. So I don't want to leave what you shared really generously without coming back to it which is you are in this period where I think you're just figuring out what's next. You're figuring out what's next for you on your personal journey. You're figuring out what the next manifestation of the product is going to be. What is the closest you have come or what maybe even more interestingly is the process you use to sort through what that could look like. You're a person who has lots of options. That is a a great place to be in. Sometimes, Lots of options give us paradox of choice. It actually makes it harder to choose. Do you have metrics you use for yourself? Do you have a kitchen cabinet? How do you make a decision when you're at a fork in the road? I never
1: allowed myself to ask what was next because I always already had it next. Because I've done so much that I love and I've done it really well. I let myself actually not know. Hmm. But then it's plaguing me, not in a debilitating way. I'm not spiraling. I'm trying to enjoy it. That I have the luxury of being like, what do I want to do? Like that is a luxury for sure. So what, who do I go to? I talk. I think that's always communication, talking, talking, talking. Like I have a writing mentor for movies. I fully believe in astrology. I have an amazing astrologist. Because we talk about patterns in my life and she sees things. It's like a map. Of you, it really is. And so it's really helpful to know that. And then I just asked myself, like, what did my younger version of myself really want to do? Like, what made her so excited? I think that's a really good thing to come back to. I think it really does tell you a lot about yourself. Like, what kind of person were you? I was dancing on top of my coffee tables, like doing little plays with myself, like making my parents watch. I was making movies at 15 about boys that broke my heart. And what do you know? I'm writing a rom com right now. Like, I'm just like, I try to just go like, what would the little Serena want the older Serena to do? I don't feel lost. I don't feel confused. I just feel like there's so many different roads I can go down. And which one do I want to go down? I just really train myself to see these moments of reassessment as like luxury and like excitement. Like, I'm a very positive person. So I don't, instead of being like, oh my God, I'm lost. Like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like, everyone has it all figured out. Like, no one does. Every creator I talk to feels like they're not where they want to be. And maybe that's everyone in life, but I specifically see that with people on social media. And I think I understand why. I mean, like, you're watching what everyone's doing. So if you're having a bad day and you're not feeling creative, well, there's a million other people that are. And then there's a metric literally tied to your name a number that is gives you value. I mean, I can't. Like, I personally, like, I want to create art that has legacy and it doesn't exist for likes. That's really, like, what I want to do.
0: Well, I'm going to be cheering for you as you do it. Serena, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Kojin Tashiro is our lead producer. Trent Lightburn mixed this episode. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at latinatolatina. Check out our merchandise at latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you're listening right now. Every time you share the podcast, every time you leave a review, you help us to grow as a community.